0: Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Have You Not Heard? This is Angel H. Davis, your host, and I am super excited about diving into our spiritual fitness series. Today, we're going to talk about belief. We're going to talk about what is belief, what or who do we believe in. And then, how do we lift this weight of belief so it begins to get integrated into our soul? First, a couple of basic principles that we're going to be following throughout this series. I want you to think about it like we're actually going to get trained up in the gym, right? So, we've got two major muscle groups we're going to be looking at, we're going to be concentrating on our heart and our mind. Our gymnasium is the world, the circumstances that come against us or we're in, experiences, and our feelings and thoughts about those. It's that we will be using to hone the muscles in our mind and our heart, our belief, identity, faith, prayer, obedience, trust, and a few others that will be thrown in there. And the outcome will be freedom and overcoming maturity in Christ, freedom in Christ. And this is how we know if we're we're getting buff in the spirit. If your weights are going from external to internal, if they're integrated into your heart and mind. So belief, identity, faith, prayer, obedience, trust becomes internal in our hearts and minds. And it kind of becomes part of the muscle group if that makes sense. And we're going to then grow in the ability to overcome adversity and hardship and remain in that place of maturity. No matter what's going on around us, think fruits of the Holy Spirit. And speaking of the Holy Spirit, he is our key to success. None of this can we do on our own. But we have a personal trainer, so to speak, inside of us. And he not only will encourage you and lead you into what exercises to do, but he will enable you to be transformed, to be buff spiritually, if you get the analogy. Ephesians 1, 19 through 20 says, And his incomparably great power for us who believe... That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. So the power that allowed Jesus the courage to go to the cross and to endure the cross and to be raised from the dead is our same power. It's pretty amazing, but it's true because the Bible says it's true. So our part is not to do the transformation. Our part is to show up, be available and be open, be ready to do whatever our part is. But think about fish and loaves, you know, when the they needed to feed the multitudes and it was overwhelming and the disciples couldn't see how it could get done. All Jesus asked for is what do you have? And the little boy had fish and loaves and in Jesus' hands, it became a more than enough. So the heavy lifting is on his shoulders. It's already been done. Um, You are to just, we're just to yoke ourselves to him and allow him to do the new thing in us. So let's get rolling and dig into belief. What if? What if we all who call ourselves Christians begin to believe what we say? What if we believe Jesus is who he says he is and start acting like it? What if we believe that we who he that we are who he says we are no matter what anyone else says or even what we think about ourselves? What if we start treating people like he wants us to? What if we do this out of his power and not to try to muster up that power on our own? What if we really believe that he is the savior? I do believe we could revolutionize the world for good and for his glory. As a general note, if you want to dig in deeper to this study of Christian maturity, because again, remember, that's what being spiritually fit leads to, then check out Watchman Knees Sit, Walk, Stand. It's his book. It's short. It's power packed. And it is unpacks Ephesians in a mighty way. He breaks it up into three parts. Chapters one through three, he calls sit. We are What is our position in Christ? Who Christ is and what God already has done for us. So we have to learn what that is and learn how to sit in it. Then chapters four through five is to walk, how we practically live that out in the world. And then chapter six is to stand. And that's our attitude towards the enemy and to stand, the ability to stand in the middle of hardships Another author, David Kim, says it's important to study the book of Ephesians because one of the greatest revivals in the history of the early church was based in Ephesus. Ephesians shows that the gospel is not mainly about trying to force other people or circumstances to change. The gospel is looking to Jesus and living out in the reality of what he has done. The gospel brings about a true change in the human heart. When we all begin to live this out in the church, it begins to shift the culture of the world. The gospel brings a true true sense of hope into even the most desperate of situations. The gospel eventually changed all that from the inside out. The gospel conquered the Roman Empire, one heart, one marriage, One home at a time. Can we hear an amen? Don't we need that today? We are desperate for that today. So, as we buff up in this area of belief, let's believe what the gospel can do and the good news of the gospel. So, I got led to focus on belief for our 2021 SPF program. I call that spiritual fitness program. Isn't that funny? It's kind of a pun on SPF, but this is protection from the harshness of the broken world's (laughs) rays. But anyway, um, Jesus talks about belief in John 6, 29, and he says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Have you ever thought about believing as work you know we want to go out and save the world or you know make major changes and impact people but he's saying this is how we can get it done we start believing in jesus which is what the gospel is all about what the bible is all about the golden thread throughout the bible and that's where the work begins we can do that today the amplified version Um, on John 6 28 29 kind of gives it more uh, description it says then they ask him what are we to do so that we may habitually be doing the works of God Jesus answered this is the work of God that you believe adhere to trust in rely on and have faith in the one whom he has sent adhere to Reminds me of abiding, trust in, rely on, and have faith. Those are action words. So believing is an action step. What is belief? The Merriam Webster Dictionary defines belief as a state or a habit of mind in which trust or confidence is placed in some person or thing. So, did you hear that? You know, that scripture in the Amplify Version said, habitually be doing the works of God. So we start in our mind and we think about something that we trust and have confidence in. And what better thing to do than believe in Jesus? It's also uh, defined as something that is accepted, considered to be true or held as an opinion. So the question is, do you believe the Bible? Do you believe Jesus is who he says he is? Do you believe he can do what he says he can do and has done and will do? And then another part of the definition is it's a conviction of truth of some statement or the reality of some being or phenomena, especially when based on examination and evidence. And if you've never examine the evidence of Jesus, you might want to do that. That might be a great way to get fit in this area of belief because there's tons of evidence and there's enough eyewitness evidence that if we were in a courtroom today, the eyewitness testimony would be enough for the judge to say, this is true, this happened. Um, So, a couple of books about that that are really good. Well, there's tons of books, but two that come to mind are Case for Christ by Lee Strobel and the Cold Case Christianity. And I'll put those in the show notes um, and other resources that we'll be alluding to today. So, what are you going to believe? It starts in your mind. It's what do you trust? What do you have confidence in? So, who or what are we believing in? We all believe in something or someone and it's a choice. Where do you want to grow your belief? Most of us choose to put it in one of three places, ourself, other people, or God. And sometimes we might pick all three, but there's always a top belief that wins out in our life. How do we know which is the top belief? Well, think about like when the pandemic hit, or you've been in a desperate situation and needed help. Um, you, you, you don't have money to cover a bill or you have an awful, you know, phone call with a diagnosis or a tragedy that happens, whatever it is that you are desperate for help. What's your knee jerk reaction? Who do you turn to? Is it, oh my gosh, how am I going to get this paid? How am I going to figure it out? What am I going to do? Or I can't handle these situations. Something like that. Is it, Who can I call? Who has the resources to help me? Who can bail me out of this or who can help me in this situation? Or do we pray? Do we have a breath prayer? We remember that we have an infinite God who has infinite resources, who loves you and knew this was coming before you even got that phone call or found out about it and is able to protect and provide no matter what. Now don't get me wrong if you're in a crisis call 911 please do that but you can also be saying a breath prayer at the same time so there's nothing wrong with getting help from others and doing uh, what we can to contribute to solving the problem or coming up with solutions but again it's about what do we go to first um Where are our thoughts going first? Remember, belief is about what we habitually, or what a habit of our mind, and we are to habitually be doing the works of God, which is believing. That's the beginning part of that. So if we truly want to rely on God as our Lord and Savior, we have to train our brains to remember what truth is. Um, I had this great impact, uh, years ago by a children's message, of course, kind of <laughs> that's what speaks to me. Right. Um, but it was, it was so cool because the pastor had a glass jar that you could see through full of beans and he poured out the glass jar of beans into a bowl and it out came in the middle of the beans, which you couldn't see until he poured it out a golf ball. So then he proceeded to pour all the beans back into the glass jar and try to put the golf ball in and it would not fit. He poured the beans out. He put the golf ball in again. Then he poured the beans back in and this time it fit. Do you get it? If we put God first, the rest of everything tends to come into order. Uh, Life flows better. Things, uh, you know, just tend to work out better that way. But again, we were made to worship God. We are made to be in relationship with God. So regardless of the outcome, that is where we get abundant life from, is to put him first. And that's what he desires for us. So our belief in self and others is limited because it's human based. And at some point we will fail. They will fail. We'll be betrayed. We'll have a different agenda, different opinions. uh, People will disappoint us. I mean, isn't that a lot of what's going on now? As even as Christians, we get our eyes off the kingdom and the cross and we get it on politics or race relations or whatever the issue is that um, you might feel very passionate about, and rightfully so, but if we start with the issue and not with the kingdom of God, then we get off base and we can let these things divide us instead of being united. So Debbie McDaniel, somebody else I read, um, says, Jesus became the final and ultimate sacrifice for our sin. This word, the word in this verse finished, is actually from the Greek word to telestai, which is the same word that means paid in full. Often it's used as an accounting term, which indicates a debt was paid. The uniqueness about the way it was written is that the tense of the word indicates both a point in time it was complete and that it would also continue to be complete or finished. And this is the essence of what Christ came to do. He came to finish God's work of salvation in us. He came to pay it in full, the entire penalty or debt for our sins. He's at work in our world still today in powerful ways. So if we train our brain, if we lift this muscle of belief, we begin To see that it's him, the great, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who was and is and will come is the one who will not fail us. He is the one that can unify us. He is the one that makes everything right. He is the one who forgives, who delivers us, who heals us, who redeems. That is the fullness of what salvation means, sozo in the Greek. It's not just about forgiveness of sins. It's about all of those things: healing, deliverance, redemption, forgiveness. That means for our sin and other people's sin, if we believe. First Corinthians one thirty through thirty one, says, "But it is from him that you were in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God." revealing his plan of salvation, and righteousness, making us acceptable to God, and sanctification, making us holy and setting us apart from for God, and redemption, providing our ransom from the penalty of sin. So then, as it is written in Scripture, he who boasts and glorifies, let him boast in glory in the Lord. So if we immerse ourselves in who Christ is, what he's done for us, and we unpack that and really meditate on it and let that go get integrated in our heart and mind, then we are going to want to boast about him. And if we're boasting about him, we can't be putting other people down. We can't be speaking negatively and we can't be tearing down um, other people or other things, but we build up and we create unity. And that's what I think we all want. Um, But the only way we can do it is through Christ. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, When you believe you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, with a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And Ephesians um, 1 talks talks about all of the blessings that we have in Christ. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14 unpacks some of that. And I'm just going to mention a few of them. But it says in verse 3, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. We are chosen to be holy without blame. We are adopted as as sons and daughters. So we have a family when we believe in Christ. We are accepted in the beloved. He Loves us unconditionally. We're redeemed through his blood according to the riches of his grace, undeserved grace. He just gives it to us because it's who he is. He doesn't love, he is love. He cannot not love. Um, And forgiveness of our sins because he is also holy. And so he cannot tolerate sin, but through Christ, and Christ's sacrifice and his shed blood, we are seen through that. So we are forgiven because Christ already paid the penalty. Also, the brothers and sisters or the people that we are upset about in our world right now, they too have that forgiveness available to them. And we're to see them through the finished work of Christ also. And we're going to talk about Later in this episode that we are not fighting flesh and blood. So we're also given wisdom and understanding of God's will, which then makes our life go great, not, and I don't when I say great, I don't mean everything's hunky-dory. I think you guys know that when we're mature in Christ, we actually know that we're gonna suffer. We know we're going to have hardship. Certainly, we're all dealing with degrees of that today. um, it's a promise of Jesus in John 16, in this life, you will have trouble. And so this is not our heaven. This is not our paradise, but take heart because I've overcome. So again, we get to become overcomers and he never leaves our side, no matter what's going on. We are given an inheritance. So Again, this is not the fullness of what the blessings of Christ, we will get that in full when we pass over to the next life. We get to bring praise and glory to God. He created us for a love relationship. And when you really know Christ, when... This is integrated in our hearts and our minds. We love him back spontaneously. So we praise and give him honor and glory and that enhances our life. We are sealed with the Holy spirit. We're protected. We're guaranteed of inheritance until our redemption is fulfilled. So many blessings to ponder and start believing. And these are just a few from the Bible. So how do we exercise this belief? How do we lift the weight? How do we get it integrated into our hearts and minds? I'm gonna give you three simple steps. It's a mind exercise, as we're saying. So you take a scripture on belief and memorize it. Simple as that. Um, remember that scripture is like medicine and it changes our DNA. When we speak it out, when we meditate on it, when we pray about it, when we talk about it, so practice it, lift those weights. It can be as simple as, um, Psalm 70 verse one. That was one of my favorites starting out. Oh God, come quickly to save me. Oh Lord, come quickly to help me. And sometimes I even shorten shortened it to, Oh God, come quick and help. And the more I did that when I was in trouble or had a situation I didn't know what to deal, how to deal with, or it was over my head, I would watch him come quick and help. <laughs> and it was like, wow, he really does come quick. And again, he works through sometimes miraculous things that are supernatural, but more often it's that still small voice in your head that tells you what to do, or people's attitudes start changing, or you, you know, just the situation changes so slightly, but then uh that allows things to move and flow and provision to come in, etc. Um another one of my favorites is still to this day, uh Mark a nine twenty-four. This is a father's response to Jesus when he was asking Jesus to heal and deliver his kid. And there's nothing closer to our heart, right? Than our children. And, um, Jesus said, I can, sure. I can do this. If you believe anything's possible with faith and, uh, sorry, I'm paraphrasing. The father said, I do believe help me overcome my unbelief. And again, this is a breath prayer. I prayed over and over and over again until it's become part of my natural muscle, my natural go-to. So now I just use it more without effort. I don't have to think about it so much, but I do believe helped me overcome my unbelief. And isn't it beautiful how God doesn't say, He doesn't get upset about us, about unbelief. Um, It's going to be there, but he's just asking you to elevate belief so that the unbelief can be overcome. So it's a both and often. So memorize the scripture, find one on your own and memorize it. Then ask a friend. This is number two, an accountability partner, a spouse, somebody that you trust that will be honest with you, that will speak truth and love to you. Tell them your goal. I am working on my a muscle of belief and give them permission to gently remind you and guide you back to believing the scripture, believing what God says is true. We live in a world that believes on our feelings, on our emotions, on our relationships, on our circumstances, on politics, on so many things other than the word of God. And even in Christianity, we are watering down the word of God. There's some people that believe we can add to it or we can subtract to it or we can decide it. You know, it's like a me centered gospel instead of a Jesus centered gospel. So get somebody who's biblically rooted, uh, not rigid, but full of grace and will lead you back to believing. Is that what God says? Is that what he promises. And sure, we've got to talk about our emotions. We got to talk about our feelings, but that's just an entryway into God's truth and exercising believing God's truth. Y'all, we need each other to help each other in this area because Satan is the God of the world and he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's trying to tear down. Um, the fortress of God's word, more now than ever, we need to stand on what God says is true. Number three, remember to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Again, you're not in this alone. This is not on your shoulders. It's on the Holy Spirit's shoulders. He's the only one that can transform. He's the only one that does mind renewal. We just cooperate. We come alongside. We yoke up to him so that we give him permission to do what only he can do. And he is faithful. Truly, this is the easiest workout plan you're ever going to do. I promise you, you don't even have to sweat if you don't want to, (laughs) but here's the deal with our human nature and our pride. That's the toughest thing in this whole fitness program. I do believe. And it's the thing that made Adam and Eve fall in the garden we want to do things our own way. So will you believe God's got a better way? Will you believe the creator of the universe, the creator of you who created you in your mother's womb has the way? And can you bend your will to his? Do you know how to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So all you have to do is take the first step say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Practice these three steps. Memorize a scripture. Ask a friend for accountability and remind you, and then rely on the Holy Spirit. We can do this, you guys. The world is a hurting place and we need to be mature in Christ. So we're not Uh, adding uh, problems, that we're not wounding other people with our own wounds, that we can come along people um, without having to have our opinions, without having to dump on people and be safe places where the Holy Spirit can move or we can listen to each other. We can pray with each other. We can seek the Lord's face together and believe together. We are better together when it's in the Lord. Let me pray. And then if you want to hang around, I want to tell you a story. Lord, thank you so much that you give us the ability to believe. Um, our, anything that we can do, you are the author of all good things. So thank you for giving us the ability to believe. Grow our belief, Lord. I believe, help my unbelief. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the ones that transforms our hearts and our minds. You're the one that makes us fit and mature in Christ. So will you do that for us? Those that are listening, Lord, would you increase belief? Will you give us opportunities to practice believing? And would you help us not fear to ask for those? I just ask you to eradicate fear with your perfect love and to remind people about the lies of the enemy and just bring truth that will set us free. Lord, we believe help our unbelief and grow us more into your likeness. And it's in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Well, um, talk about opportunity when we're growing these muscles, we will get opportunity to practice. So I just want to remind you about that. Um, I've had lots of opportunity to practice. There's one prayer for somebody I love dearly that has not been answered for 10 years or so. And we've been pressing into prayer and I still believe because God has given me a promise. And then I've had other experiences like this story that I'm gonna tell you. It's a true story, happened to me. A couple years ago, we were visiting our daughter in Brooklyn and this is long before COVID. So, you know, Brooklyn's a bustling place, tons of people. It was a holiday weekend. We were out shopping. We had been gone from the hotel for about two hours, sat down in a store. And I looked down at my ring finger and the diamond in my wedding ring was gone, like missing, gone. And I was aghast. And the first thing I thought is, it's going to take a miracle to get this thing back. And I hear this whisper in my soul, not an audible voice, but in my soul. And do you believe that I love you enough to do that. And I said, yes, I believe, help my unbelief. And then that all happened in a split second. I tell my husband, we start looking, I text a few people to ask them to pray. We are going from store to store where we had been, I think to call the uh, restaurant we had been at, They looked, couldn't find it. You know, we're looking up and down the streets of Brooklyn, like we're going to find a diamond in that uh, situation. And then probably about, I don't know, 12 to 13 minutes into it, I get this idea, spontaneous thought that lights upon my mind that I hadn't thought about, nobody else had thought about that was with me. Call the hotel. Because when we left the hotel, I told them, so they were going to come, the maids were going to come clean up the room. And I thought, Oh man, they've probably already been there. There's no way, but call the hotel. And Francis, my guardian angel at the hotel, he said, I told him the story. He said, I'm on it. I mean, he took it personally and he's like, he's down at that room. And I mean, maybe two minutes, three minutes, five minutes at the max, I get a call back and he said, I found it. I could not believe it. He found the diamond on the floor in the bathroom. Y'all, this was a white bathroom and I had piled up towels, you know, so the maids could uh, collect them. I mean, there was all kinds of reasons he wouldn't be able to find that uh, diamond, much less that it didn't go down the drain or didn't get up in the towels or whatever. But he found... The diamond. God restored the diamond. Of course, stories don't always end up this way, but this was one of my tests of believing. Not a test like nana boo-boo, but a test, are you ready to pass on to the next level? Are you ready to go to the next grade, so to speak, of believing? And it was amazing and it taught me so many lessons. And this diamond was super special of course you know expensive money we didn't have and by the way it wasn't insured so please insure your your rings if possible um but it was the diamond that my husband had bought me when we renewed our vows at um, our 20th anniversary and as you guys know about year 18 i was going to leave the marriage i thought it was over it was dead God brought our marriage back to life and we renewed our vows at 20 at year 20. And this was the diamond that represented our spiritual marriage. And so there was much more to unpack in um, that recovery of the diamond. But that's for another day, another story. Um, Again, whether it had turned out okay or not, I had, you know, not. Very long to worry about it, but I had to come to the decision that it was going to be okay whether we got that diamond back or not. And that's part of the believing that if the outcome doesn't work out the way we want it, are we going to believe in God's goodness and his love for us and his provision no matter what? Y'all have a good week. Have fun practicing belief and lifting those muscles and uh, those weights and and working out the muscles. And next week, we're going to talk about identity. Talk to you soon.